at the moment I'm working with a video uh, production company. So, but yeah, on the team main. Anne-Marie, good to have you. You're all seated. Thanks for joining. Anne-Marie, I blame you. You are one of the reasons I haven't been doing these live streams for a long time. Because there was a time, the day that I did a live stream with you, I had like six other live streams. And I think that burnt me out. Only six. I don't know. One, one or two of them might have been a workshop. Don't take my word for it. You can't remember. Can it's you? not a live stream. 27 seconds, guys. We'll see you soon. My name is Tucker Johnson, and I'm your host today as we experience NIMSI Live, where we talk about the latest and the greatest in translation, localization, internationalization, culturalization, and all that fun stuff global companies need to delight their international customers, or at least not to piss them off too much. Here on the program, we invite guests who like to have fun and have some value to add for our audience of globalization professionals. I'm always eager to provide a platform to those with a good story or a good data set. So let us know if there are any topics that you would like covered or guests that we should reach out to for future episodes. You can contact live at nimsy.com. Next up on the list, if you haven't already subscribed to Nimsy Insights, then now is the time to do this. If you're watching this on your, your platform of choice, and you hit that subscribe button or the follow button, then you're going to be the first person to know. You're going to be the first person to get notified when Nimsy schedules new live streams so that you can make sure to join up and have fun in the comments. We already got some people in the comments. We got Anne Marie. We've got Stefan. We've got Juliana. We've got Anna. Welcome. If you're in the comments, make sure to. Where, where are you? This side? Yeah. Over here. Make sure to make yourself known over there. Before we get into this too much, I gotta, you know, I gotta make some money here. I've gotta plug some stuff. Um, today I wanna plug the multilingual mercantile. You get a bunch of cool stuff. You can get a localization, make localization great again hat from Nimsy, which is a reference that is six years too late, but I still find hilarious. You can get all sorts of stuff. Go over to mercantile, mercantile.multilingual.com. 
Likewise, uh, at Multilingual, over on the Multilingual side of things, we have a new podcast out there hosted by my my colleague, Mario Line Groot Nibelink, the CEO and publisher for Multilingual Magazine. It's daily podcast, quick three minutes, three minutes of audio, all you need to know on a daily basis about the language services industry. So... Before I get started and bring on my co-host and my guest today, we're going to do a little introduction to the platform. We're doing this as a live stream. We're live streaming to a bunch of places, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and of course, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is LinkedIn is where it's at. That's where the main party is. So if you're watching this on another platform, come on over to LinkedIn. Make sure to follow NMZ Insights company page so that you can be notified. The, the cool thing, regardless of where you're at, if you're on LinkedIn, if you're on YouTube, Facebook, you leave a comment in, in the comments. And we're we're going to see it up on screen here, and we'll do our best to be, be getting to those comments throughout the course of this live stream. So make your voices heard and just say hi. This is an event. This isn't a webinar. It's an event. What do you do at events? You network. So say hi to people. Have side conversations. Do whatever you need to do. So, today's topic and guest. From understanding your ICP to aligning sales and marketing teams, we look at the challenges that LSP marketers and business owners face, as well as the opportunities that arise and come with them. Lucy Kikuchi has been working in translation since 2008, both on the agency side and on the client side. She started her, she started her career, get that out of here. She started her career at a small LSP in Tokyo and currently works for a Europe and US based LSP, which is headquartered in Germany. Currently, we're going to talk about that because because you got some some interesting career stuff going on, but but I don't want to bury the lead here. So, she is a certified marketing nerd and happy to talk at length on all things marketing whenever the opportunities arise. And I know because she has had me as a guest on her podcast, and I have yeah. I have indoctrinated you into the cult of live streaming, haven't I, Lucy? <laughs> I have been indoctrinated. This is true. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thank you. Thank, we're we're going to get back to you. And, of course, lovely as always, Nika Alaverdi is my guest host today. Why? Because I needed to have someone who knew something about marketing. And she is our marketing chief chief marketing officer. And she something. Something, something, right? But, of course, the, the most important guest today is always you. It's in the chat, so make sure that you're making your voice heard. Make sure that you are are leaving comments, and we'll try to get to those. We're going to try to keep the conversation. I find 45 minutes is the sweet spot, but if we go long, we go long, and that is just fine. So, Lucy, it's good to finally have you on the show. I promise, I, I, I promised you this a, a long time ago. We talked about it, and I remember it was summer because I was... In, I was on vacation at the time when we were talking about it. So it's been a while, but it's good to finally have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So thank you uh, for inviting me. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get stuck in. And Nika, did I do okay with your introduction? You did great. You did great. I always love to, like I mentioned, lament <laughs> and console marketers. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I. I, I I want to start off today asking asking you, Lucy, because the reason I, I we also reached back out to you here is because I saw that you were leaving the industry. Yeah. How long have you been? True. How long have you been yeah. in the industry, and why and um, how are you living? Yeah. So I've kind of been in and around the industry. So, like in two thousand and eight, 
I was a translation checker at a at a, a small agency in Tokyo, um, which was brilliant. And um, then I moved to a big Japanese manufacturer into their marketing department, and I was their in-house marketing translator. So I sat with the marketing team. Wait, and you uh, lived in Japan? Yes, for eight, seven or eight years. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I didn't that know was, that. That's uh, yes, that's I a did. big advantage because Japan is Japan is always the special market <laughs> in, really? in global yeah. business, right? It's oh, um okay. it's the one that requires extra attention. So that's huge. I, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Oh god. Oh oh my. I can totally imagine. Like I mean, yeah. In Japan, everything has to be like top notch. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I worked with an agency and then I worked in house with a manufacturer as their translator marketing. Um, and then I, um, I had babies and did some freelance work. And I then I moved to my current uh, uh, job where um, EBS translations, which is headquartered in Germany. Mm -hmm. And I've been there for like eight years. And um, I love those guys. And if any of them are watching, um, yeah, big shout out to everybody there. Um, but uh, yeah, I um, I am a certified marketing nerd. And because of this, I decided to um, kind of stretch my marketing muscles in a, in a new industry. So I am moving to um, the life sciences, uh, pharmaceutical industry, um, taking up a marketing content manager role for a drug discovery company. Um, so that's uh, the kind of initial research into drug development before it gets to clinical trials. So that's going to be a learning curve, but I'm excited. You know, it may, but I'm always fascinated to talk to people that are leaving the industry because I think mm. there's this perception that like our industry, the localization industry is so specialized that, mm. oh, my, my skills won't transfer. Have, have you, I know it's a little early to ask this question, but what have you found about that? Um, I, yeah, I, I think they are very transferable. I think, you know, it depends what type of marketing, you know, I wouldn't necessarily put, try and put myself forward for a, a B2C, you know, a retail role or something. Mm. Um, but certainly in terms of like B2B marketing, um, I think, you know, even in the, the new place that I'm going to, um, I see very similar challenges and, and I think these are common with many organizations. And so it's very transferable. I mean, we're all trying to sort of um, generate uh, demand, interest, uh, new business, um, we're using different channels to, to sort of achieve that. And um, we're in a, we're trying to sort of promote a product that has numerous people in the decision-making chain. Uh, so it's difficult to know, you know, who to, who to reach out to. And yeah, it's B2B marketing to, is, yep. it, it's a different animal. It's it a is, different animal. It is, yeah. But, I, you know, if anybody in the sort of uh, language um, services industry that, you know, is interested in sort of moving out to, to somewhere else, I mean, yeah, like there's many of the same tools and challenges. So, but I've loved it. I, you know, I, I've, I've always loved this industry because um, as soon as you start, it's just instantly has it's instantly um internationally facing you know it's it's all these businesses that have very different reasons for 
getting content out to international markets. So, you know, you could be with a pharma company that um, the regulatory affairs team that wants to submit documentation in a foreign language. Um, so they've got that to deal with. Uh, annual reports, some countries, you know, they have to submit the annual reports in a second language. And then you get sort of marketing where, you know, maybe companies are trying to break into multiple different markets. And, uh, and so it's just really fascinating to kind of get into those stories like, you know, where are these companies kind of focused on? What's the story behind that? And how do you um, kind of uh, overcome the sort of challenges? You know, it could be like localization sort of challenges, you know, with marketing, it could be sort of how you speak to that uh, particular um uh, market so um, but I've always loved it yeah it's very globally facing yeah and uh, I think our audience today wants to really talk about localization industry marketing and I know Nika's got it she's chomping at the bit here to ask you a bunch of questions I but I, I just want to see it yeah. in the comments here I saw Anastasia Relnikov you know I'm horrible with names guys um, definitely difficult when you don't grasp the local, the localization space, local world as a marketer. Um, maybe let's start with that, and then I promise I'll shut up and let let um, the boss lady talk here. But what have you found that's unique about the localization industry when it comes to marketing? Do you do you require special knowledge and abilities, skills, or anything like that, or is it is it, is it all just B two B marketing? Like, do you need to really know the localization space in order to effectively market for an LSP? Oh, gosh. Wow. That's it. That's it. That's a big question, isn't it? So if you're coming, I mean, I like when I was in Japan, um, when I worked for the manufacturer, that was that was actually sewing machines. <laughs> so that was. Yeah. Uh, so that was B2, that was B2C, actually. Um, um, and then but coming into the localization industry, um, I think it always helps if you have an appreciation of uh, languages, if you've lived or worked with di like different languages, because you have a, this understanding of like the challenges. I think a lot of people who aren't involved in any way with like foreign languages, they um, they assume a lot of things that um, are just not kind of true. You know, like if you take this word and you just put it. In, you know, if you take the sentence and you just swap the words with the foreign language, that's your translation. Um, yeah. So, uh, and I think people who speak different languages um, know that it requires more time and skill um, than that. Um, and uh, I'm trying to remember your question now. But like, no, uh, it's just what's the difference? Is, is there a specialization in localization industry? And I'll, I'll let you off the hook. Nika, tell us about your journey because you weren't hired as a – okay. I was just going <laughs> to – I was just going to say that, um, uh, yeah, if you're the function, the functions may stay similar, right? Be across industries and marketing function. Like you still, you still have the core activities. You still got advertisements, you've got social media and digital marketing, you've got press, you've got SEO and web, you've got all of those different activities. Mm. But when you, when you're armed with the skills that you are Lucy in, in the localization industry, you really know that a message will resonate with a certain market or a group of people, or it won't because mm -hmm. of language. But then you're taking those skills and now you're going to, let's say, a different industry. Mm -hmm. You're going out life sciences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
um, you're you're taking you're taking the marketing functions and you're also taking like that localization knowledge, knowing that your translation might not resonate with mm-hmm. a certain audience or a certain mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. But I, I wanted to piggyback off of Tucker's question and kind of reposition it saying when you are keeping the functions of marketing, you're still in the marketing role, but now you're going to a new industry. Mm-hmm. What's your approach to learn about that space? As a marketer, you need to know the different, yeah. you know, angles, like what are the clients saying? What are the vendors saying? What, what are, where's everybody at? So what's yeah. your approach to going to this whole new environment? It's a different environment. So the rules are still kind of the same. It's yeah. Marketing, right? But it's yeah. terrain now. Yeah, I must admit it's it is daunting because um you know as I said I I worked in a in a translation agency in Tokyo and I I also did freelance translation um and then when I came to the uh, EVS this current uh, company like I had done translation so I had a very good understanding of uh the sort of process and what it takes and and the value of a like a, a good translator with proper translation skills so I had a very good foundation it made it very easy to sort of come in and yes I'll you know I can write the blogs and I can do the social media because yeah you sort of have that confidence whereas with my new position I guess it's very daunting because this is something not only do I not know anything about this like molecular chemistry compound chemistry um there's no chance of me really you know kind of understanding this subject matter it's it's not going to be oh well in a couple of years time you know you'll have a good understanding of how compound chemistry works you know it's um you I think like for me I've always kind of thought that um marketers they always need to collaborate I always think that collaboration is such a huge part of marketing because it's so dependent on being able to reach out to people around the organization and to sort of to get their insight and their understanding and then to sort of filter out sort of you know filter what you need what you need as a marketer and then to sort of repackage that in a in a in a kind of a marketing uh, message. Um, so, uh, you know, I really hope that I uh, get to sort of collaborate with people. And I know I will, you know, you know, with the scientists. Um, so I think it's about kind of learning from the experts and um, like letting them guide you on like what the the, the kind of challenges are, uh, what, you know, what the, the, the kind of pain points of the process is, and then sort of, yeah, packaging that up in all the sort of usual channels um and messaging that you'd expect yeah it's kind of like you have to now be obsessed with a new space and if you're not you can't can't allow yourself to soak it up yes I know that's the thing isn't it I think I can't imagine marketing something that I wasn't really interested in like I'm really excited to get into life sciences and and the pharmaceutical industry. But I know I I was speaking to a lady not so long ago. Um, she's she's um, sort of the head of a a marketing sort of networking organization, and she was telling me, you know, some people have been marketing detergent for 25 years, and they just want something new, you know. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I yeah, you you have to love you have to love the sort of or have an interest in the product and the service, and to sort of um, that that comes through in the work, I guess. So yeah, yeah I think it's and 
also seeing how that product fits into like the bigger picture, right? Because mm-hmm. your product's not alone. It's got some other friends on the shelves. It's got changes happening to it. Like, uh, tools are changing. The way that you can it, approach channels is changing. So you you really have to you really have to have like your eyes and ears open. Yeah. And going into a new space, a new industry. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. And it's exhausting anyway. <laughs> it's, you know, because marketing, you know, it changes so frequently, you know, like one, you know, one year everybody's kind of doing something. It's like, yeah, this is this is great. This is a new cool channel. It really works. And then, you know, six months later, a year later, people have moved on you know yeah and um so it's kind of it's you know it's i i shouldn't say exhausting but you know it's tiring like trying to keep up with this all um it is it's challenging anyway um can i can i show this to you lucy yeah yeah this this is the type of shit that marketers (laughs) you know what i'm saying we're always like oh the metaverse is a thing now we have to go explore it right it's like go get a headset go get a headset um remember clubhouse were you part of you're a podcaster were you part of the clubhouse I never did it. I never did. And I heard about you. it. You saved some time. It, yeah. Yeah. It sort of came and went. Oh, I feel, I don't know. I know there are still people that really use use it and love it, but yeah. I, I, I just never, I saw it and I never really got into it, but everything moves so quickly. And the other thing is that like, when you're sort of trying to like execute some sort of like campaign or something, it's so tempting to try and get all things like lined up perfectly and you don't, you don't want to let go until it's like absolutely perfect and you're not sure, like, um, you know, but you've got to do it because, yep. you know, if you sit on it for a year, if six months, uh, by the time you come to sort of let that out, it's, um, that's not what people are kind of into anymore, you know? Um, so you have to sort of move quickly. Perfect is definitely the enemy of good enough. And when and it if comes I to marketing, add, if I may add, um, by the time that you prep that campaign, the way that users interact with a certain platform yes, may have yeah. changed. The yes. way that a platform pushes out content may have yes. changed. So, yeah, like, yeah. let's say Reels and TikTok, you know, not huge in our space, but mm. very, there's a lot of potential in there to get messages out in B2B in general. But let's mm-hmm. say, with those platforms, mm-hmm. they will do something for six months and then they will want original sounds to be used instead of mm-hmm. trending sounds. Mm-hmm. So they will now push out content with a certain feature or mm-hmm. whatever content it is that they want pushed out. So mm-hmm. you must also be abreast of those things too yeah. as you're in your campaign. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? I mean, I just yesterday on LinkedIn, I was reading... Um, there's a there's a really great guy if and if any of you are doing LinkedIn paid advertising there's a really great guy on LinkedIn called AJ Wilcox and I think he's great and I follow his his content and um we were sort of people were chatting in the comment section yesterday about linked images images on LinkedIn so not so long ago people were saying make your images colorful, you know, make them bright, um, you know, because you, you want to, you want an image that's going to stop the scrolling, you know, thumb stopping image. Yeah, there he is. I, I think he's fantastic. I want to sit on a beach and have a cocktail with him. But, All right, AJ, um, <laughs> you're getting a plug. You're getting the, the Lucy yeah. bump here. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, 
so we were talking about this like you know it was that people wanted thumb scrolling you know stop stop people get people's attention bright image great um and then he was saying that actually recently with like linkedin people are responding possibly like something he's kind of looking at but possibly responding better to just a, a just a plain like kind of just kind of text-based uh, post um and it's mm -hmm. funny it just kind of goes in like mm -hmm. you know in phases like people get exhausted it's like and i called it image fatigue you know where one at one point everybody wanted like the nice colorful attractive images and then after a while we we all get tired of it and um and we just kind of zone out and then it's like okay if people are zoning out from these colorful images what do we replace that with and it's like people just want the want it all toning down a little bit and so this is another thing because I've just like I started running this campaign like a couple of months ago and it's like ah, you know like oh sh should I change something now or um but um yeah it's so it's it's a lot to keep yeah. up with that's for sure yeah the context is changing so again you need to be a little obsessed and see what's going on yes yeah you do you have to be very sort of uh yeah, like like this, the, like this live stream. Yeah, I think it's great to get together with other marketers and just just to talk about these things um, and just brainstorm with people and find out what's working for them. And um, I think that's a it's a great thing to do because it, yeah, I think with marketing, it's not something that if you know if you if you don't really sort of get out and sort of you know read about what other people are doing or meet other marketers. I think it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to that. If I can interrupt, let's go to the, the yeah. chat because I saw an interesting question in here from Lib Nori. Um, strategies for keeping up with social media trends? Question mark. What are some, that's kind of, it's what we're talking about. It's like, how do we stay up with like, what is social media changes so quickly, right? So how are we, how are we identifying? What are some tips that, that you guys can have about identifying what's the next social media trend? You know, how could I have saved a ton, a ton of time by realizing earlier that Clubhouse was a dead end? Would that have been oh. possible, right? Yeah. Like, how do I know what the next trends are? So do you have any tips for fellow B2B marketers out there or B2C marketers? Gosh, that's tricky. I mean, I, I, just, um, I just try to have my, my places that I go to for advice. I seek out, like, value, kind of really good value uh, content creators sort of in the, uh, for example, in the LinkedIn ad space, you know, and, and I gave an example there, AJ Wilcox. But I think because the thing is, like, you can go online to, to get the, all this information, but it gets it gets overwhelming. You know, it's like information overload. And so I think you have to just find like a few trusted sources um, and uh, and sort of uh, keep, you know, um, dip into that. Um, and also, like, you know, if you're just about to if, or if you're getting close to sort of doing something like launching a campaign um, just kind of yeah, catch up on with that with that person with their content um but yeah like i would choose like some select sources don't let yourself sort of get overwhelmed and also with something like social media because there's a lot of hype and people are you know um talking about a lot of different things and you know it can get easy to kind of you don't know what to do and just sort of jump in and do something but um yeah choose some 
tr trusted sources. I think if that's any good yeah. <laughs> advice. No, that's good. That's a really good tip. And and you are also your own trusted source, right? Like you you ha you can't just think of which trends should we jump on. Mm. You must also think like as a company, what's our story phasing plan? Like what products are we pushing out? What services mm -hmm. do we want to talk about? What do we want to talk about as our company? And then you use yeah. the trends as like hurdles, right? Like you just exactly you use yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it, yeah. It's so true, isn't it? Because yeah, at, at the same time, like, you know, you don't have to jump on these things that people are talking about on social media, you know, um, sometimes uh, it, it just, it comes down to sort of your company and like what works for you and what works for your business and also the sort of dynamics and the resources in your team and it might not be the same as kind of other people um so like sort of to trust the fact that you might not do things exactly as how everybody else is saying that they're doing it but that but that's okay um and also inevitably i think like with marketing like there always will be an element of like it's just testing 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 you know test something did it work if it works like optimize it like if it hasn't worked okay take that as a lesson move on sort of thing are, so are, it's are you familiar with design thinking the design, design thinking, thinking process no, it's, so it's this, it's this process, it's this methodology and everyone here mm. at NIMSI gets training on it and we, okay. we talk about it all the time, but it, it's very much, it, it's kind of like the same thing. It's just like minimal viable product, you know, mm. just tests, you know, you design something, you prototype it, you throw it out there, you get the feedback mm. and you're just constantly iterating. And I feel that's kind of the mm. approach that you have to have with yeah. with marketing because you don't yeah. know what's going to work. Like this live streaming yeah. thing, it started off mm -hmm. as just playing around with it and yeah. I never expected it to do much. The reason yeah. I started doing it was mm -hmm. because I wanted to be able to tell our customers here at NIMSI Insights because they come to us for you know advice on like what should my marketing strategy be. So mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to tell our our clients like yes mm -hmm. this is a cool thing you should be doing it or no mm -hmm. don't mm -hmm. waste your time on it. And, and mm -hmm. so I was like nowadays I tell my clients don't waste your time on TikTok don't waste your time on Clubhouse because we've looked at those mm -hmm. don't waste your time on Twitch but LinkedIn live streaming seemed mm -hmm. to like mm -hmm. people liked it and I was like oh yeah. shit people like this I guess we're gonna keep doing it. Yeah, you know, now we have you know we got yeah. thirty people. This is an event yeah. with thirty people here. That's awesome. Yeah, we got people from yeah. Dubai, people from Ljubljana. Oh my gosh, I'm horrible, Gordana. I'm sorry, Gordana. You've been to these. You've been to Nimsy Live before, and I apologize. We got people from Brazil, from Czech Republic, from Sweden, from Riyadh, from Germany, from Houston, right, and. Like, this is a cool thing. Yeah, right? absolutely. And it takes time, doesn't it? That's the other thing. Like, you know, it's always a bit of a risk, isn't it? Because it's so easy to try something and then you sort of look at the analytics and you're like, oh, God, that nothing happened. And then you give yeah. up and go on to the next thing. And, but, yeah, like, you oh, know, I only got 20 views. What? Yeah. 20 views. That's 20 it's views. It's difficult to judge where, you know, like, you kind of, some things you just have to, take sort of like the long game approach and you have to give it time and um well, we, really we've talked about this before lucy i think <laughs> the, the main thing that you have to focus on is are you having fun 
right? Are you, are you enjoying yeah, it? Yeah. Right. And I mean, if I'm just going to be honest, that's why I do the live streaming because yeah, I, yeah, I like yeah. an excuse to spend lots of money on audio equipment and I, I find it fun. <laughs> right. And if you're not having fun, then what are, mm. what are you doing as a marketer? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, yeah, I did the live streaming, um, it, well, there's various reasons really one was because I just love to play with the tools yeah. you know two because I watched a lot of YouTube tutorials to learn Adobe Creative Cloud and I just thought oh I want to be a big YouTuber <laughs> um, but it was also like just testing stuff and um, yeah and it's a good way to sort of keep on oh my god look <laughs> oh yeah you, you weren't get, you weren't getting out of this without plugging your YouTube channel here oh my goodness yeah my, so my kids are very proud of me they're like oh He's a YouTuber. <laughs> oh, I, I'm very proud of you. You have fans out there, right? And yeah, I wasn't asking. I was telling. You have fans out there, and I, I recommend everybody who's listening live or watching the recording. Maybe I'll I'll drop a link into the chat when Nika asks her next question. But um, real interesting conversation. Do you? How do you find your guests? Gosh, and I'll try not like, to turn this into a, a live stream about live streaming. Yeah, yeah, but. sure. Um, I, um, a lot of it has been sort of uh, serendipity. Yeah. So me and John, John McRae, he's such a good. And we were in a chat section, like we were in the comment section of somebody's post. And we, we both sort of connected on the topic of sort of losing a dad. And, uh, and. I don't know how that turned into a live stream, but you know, when you sort of just like meet someone and then, and you sort of just hit, you know, it spark, hit a spark. So, um, and then there's like Richard Berger, great, a great, great guy in Tokyo, Anthony Griffin. I can't even remember now. I think these are people that I've come across on LinkedIn and I've just kind of asked them, I think, um, I was very, very lucky to interview the head of BBC China, which, That's um, cool don't know how that's I did cool. that you asked <laughs> that was terrifying that's how that you is, did it yeah right? yeah and this is the thing like you you know it's this whole thing isn't it is like am I going to put myself out there and potentially look like an idiot uh or um am I just gonna sit at home and wonder what it would be like so I think I don't I, know I know I think you know which which of those two options I always choose. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So, to, um, which which is giving my poor marketing manager gray hair in her ripe old age in her twenties oh, because yeah. she she goes around cleaning up my messes I make online. Oh, I'm still in my twenties. That's really nice, Tucker. Thank you. You. Well, We'll keep it there. We'll keep it. Yeah, I'm, hey, I, you know, I, I round down when I'm on a live stream, just in case. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but like but I do want to say that it's a constant it's a constant like game of listening and then acting right yes yeah. so, like things that are trending they're trending for a reason people mm -hmm. are reacting to something that mm -hmm. there's a reaction for a reason mm -hmm. the economy's changing businesses are changing people are reacting things trend yeah yeah again it's like you just have to be perceptive mm -hmm. mm -hmm all the yeah. time going to change yeah. and you have to like change with it yeah yeah absolutely um 
yeah it's uh yeah it is it is very challenging um but at the same time you know that's what makes it so kind of fun to work in marketing because you do learn so much and sort of get involved in a lot of different things so um but uh i i just i i wanted to come i wanted to bring up a subject that i also um people were talking about on a podcast the other day which was um this idea of like marketers being under um under pressure for like attribution and um so this is another guy that i follow who's chris walker and he just he's got a really great perspective on things and he was sort of saying that um the pressure for sort of like attribution to to show sort of you know you've got this many leads and you know this many sort of uh, soft conversions and things like this is kind of killing creativity which i find a really uh, interesting topic um so um this kind of yeah you you're spending a lot of money on marketing so inevitably people want to see results and you have to show results and results might come in the form of for example um this is how many people we got through to to sort of have a demo or something you know or um something like that and uh, it sort of starts to become um about sort of collecting leads um and and how i think people he talks about sort of de demand generation which is I, I find really fascinating um and so it's less about sort of how you can attribute leads, you know, from which channels and things, but um, just allowing yourself to sort of um, be like more creative with your marketing um, and do things um, kind of from innovation and through creativity rather than, oh my God, I'm running a campaign. And, and in July, we've said that we've got to do a lead gen form. So we're, we're gonna do that in Ju July because then, because at the end of it, we need to show like the head sort of how many leads we've got, you know? And I can see why he says that this, he said it, you know, uh, I think his quote was like, marketers are, are handcuffed by attribution and, um, and it kills uh, creativity and innovation. And I find that really fascinating because I think it, you know, it's so noisy out there. There's so much competition. And I do think that creativity is the way that people are going to win it. I, I think like maybe I probably shouldn't say win it. It sounds like really ruthless, but, um, but I think, um, I think maybe organizations that can get a handle on all the data that's coming in, like with all these tools, like, companies that really learn how to like harness that data and then maybe respond to that data like through a creative approach um will probably you know come out on top so i think creativity like is a huge thing but but we don't always get time to to sort of explore that because we're trying to get people sort of down a funnel you know so um it's not easy yeah it's this constant like juggling of analytics and being able to see what's happening mm -hmm. and then creativity and being able to guide how you want to show something because you understand mm -hmm. the value of that thing for your customer for your audience right so it's like yeah, yeah. always battling with those two things yeah and that's i think that's why i like it a lot because you get to create something and then see mm -hmm. how does that perform you get to create something yeah. that iterate on that how does that yeah. resonate with the people we're trying to communicate with? Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's great. So, 
um yeah like i think so yeah creativity is sort of a, a big thing and um as well as like the i guess the other like key thing is um getting those kind of real customer insights as well like this whole kind of idea of like sales and marketing um sort of bringing those two functions together and um you know get getting those kind of real customer insights from sales teams um because once you have that you know it just kind of informs the the different channels and what you're doing like if you're running a campaign like obviously you're targeting this to sort of this this audience and you need to sort of say something that really sort of resonates with them they need to be able to see this ad and and sort of know that you're talking about them and that you understand them and um you know cust uh, marketing isn't a customer facing role so um you need to sort of get these insights from kind of the wider team um like your sales people or you know maybe um like account managers um so i think that's a that's a big challenge as well um is how you get these teams uh, interacting with each other collaborating with each other sharing knowledge because if you if you don't do that if if marketing is just kind of sat there guessing and saying well you know it, it's kind of, it sounds good <laughs> and uh, i think this is right um it's just not going to kind of resonate with people and you only get you know a few seconds to sort of make an impression so you have to really it really needs to show that you know who you're talking to and what what they need i guess so that's another big challenge um yeah and we're an organization of like 150 people so that i mean and, and i know that's still relatively small like some people who are watching you know might be from some very very big companies uh where it's you know a massive challenge but still like 150 people and we're split across different offices in different countries so um that is really that is really challenging you know how you get people sharing knowledge you know um because if you can sort of get that uh uh, sort of as a foundation um then i think that will make things uh it will make things easier and i'm sure it will um help sort of success rates yeah yeah and that ties into what you were saying about collaboration um mm -hmm. i've seen smaller um, companies trying to it, us included trying to as they grow define mm -hmm. what are the pillars of the activities that you're going to be working on right mm -hmm. and then as there comes a time where you have like way too much on your hands and you have to decide okay well as my department grows what functions need to get done and mm -hmm. how do I plug people into those functions like do I need to hire first oh, okay mm -hmm. as, as, as we grow how does that, how do those roles then communicate with the other departments in your, mm -hmm. in your company? And you mm. can't be, you can't, you have to break the silos. You have to. Yeah. Oh, it, uh, yeah. It's kind of, oh my God, silos. It's like human nature, isn't it? Uh, it's just human nature. And like, to, yeah, to break that is, it's really difficult. And I think especially for marketing, I think, you know, marketing doesn't n naturally have necessarily sort of a, Respect. Uh, uh, what, sorry? Respect. Oh, respect. <laughs> yeah, like you have to, you have to show the sort of the value, and because people don't, 
it's it's kind of vague to people you yeah. know like oh there's a website with some content on it and there's a there's some social media channels and people are posting on it and that's what they see and they don't see this whole kind of customer journey which is multiple kind of touch points you know and you, you sort of you've got the website you've got the back end of the website um you've got your sort of social media channels you've you've got your you've got your paid advertising you've got your paid search and um sort of bringing all those things together and um and so it's difficult for people to sort of really picture that i guess who don't work in marketing and so you have to kind of is is you know as much as can be expected it's not like they have to know what marketing is but yeah you have to sort of like um promote what your what your department does and how it um helps the business and how it um helps individuals how it helps salespeople, how it helps project managers like let people know like the value of like what you're doing for their role you can make their life easier you know and uh um, so that can be um, that can be very tricky, and I think yeah, the, the probably the bigger that you get, um, that's going to get sort of harder and harder. I think you know with small companies, like with some companies, they're probably all sat in the same room, you know, and so everybody sort of knows each other. But um, it gets really hard to do that when you don't see these people. Um, and so yeah, like I think yeah, sort of promoting sort of like the marketing department, like his. Is a, is a really um, important thing, definitely. I, I made notes on that somewhere. I'm just like, <laughs> that, that was I, a key point. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll save you here because we got a question from Fran, Francesco Sfrafmeli. Um Question for Lucy. What are some of the best, oh, see more. All right. What are some of the best tools you found in B2B marketing? And I don't mean necessarily just digital tools. Curveball. So what are, what are some of the best tools? you have out there i mean you've got hubspot and crms and all of that stuff um, yeah yeah i, I, I can tell you restream right we've talked restream, about this okay. restream uh -huh. right this uh -huh. is how um you know people ask well how are you live streaming to facebook instagram twitter and all of these uh -huh. things at once restream.io is a good one so that's that's my entry and maybe we'll, we'll go around the table maybe let's also focus like lsb specific like, what might be some tools specifically for LSP? I see in the you're asking conferences, events. Yeah, if, if we're talking LSP specific, I'm going to say conferences. We're a people driven industry. Oh, I see. Right? People yeah, drive from people. Mm -hmm. Hey, you said, you said not just digital tools. So that's mm -hmm. my, mm -hmm. yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. answer. Your colleagues, your colleagues are an incredible resource. We're taking all of the easy answers. Well, poor Lucy is trying. They have to be. We're getting all the easy ones first. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to. Um, I I can tell you some. Well, I might not tell you some tools that I we 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 don't particularly like. Um, but yeah, like you know, yeah, we're sort of you know you've got your sort of marketing uh, tech, haven't you? And like um, CRM and you know email marketing and um and all these different all these different tools like social media tool um and some of them you know we've tried out and we haven't and we haven't stuck with them like for for one reason or another i think that one of the things that i'm kind of interested in at the moment is kind of um like in the area of content production um so like a creating content um and then everybody can access it and make edits and you know um so, like presentations for, for example 
um so i mean something simple like uh you know canva i know i know uh I, I'm, canva. yeah i'm the one that yeah. introduced you yeah. to canva if you're I watching know, I know. rachel I, I told you i was evangelizing for your brand <laughs> rachel's not um, watching <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think, um, at the moment I've sort of got that on my mind, um, maybe a new tool for, um, like, yeah, con content creation, uh, that simplifies it all. I know we've had a conversation, Tucker, about like the Adobe creative cloud. Um, it's not, you know, because it's not user friendly for marketers. Obviously no. it's a design tool, graphic designers, they're all, they're, they're all good with it, but you know, for like marketers who, um, things are very fast paced you don't necessarily have time to go back to your design agency and um you want to be able to do something kind of more there and then um so looking at tools that sort of allow uh, easy creation with like members of different members of the team access accessing it uh, making edits suggestions that kind of thing so if anybody's got um <laughs> their favorite tool in that in yeah. that space and um like I, i'd be interested to know to be honest leave yeah. it in the comments guys i don't care if you're here live or if you're watching the recording leave it in the comments if you guys got a favorite tool or something that you found um specifically useful for the language services industry then then i'll let everybody know in this event that we're doing here but mm -hmm. guys i'm, I'm kind of you know, for like marketers who um Oh, hello. We've lost the sound, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, oh, there we go. I'm pushing buttons ahead of time here. It's all you, Lucy. Me? Yes. Were you trying to say something? Oh, you oh know, no. Oh, you know why? Because I turned on the music, and on the same audio channel, I also have our live stream playing. So we were hearing ourselves. Oh. We were hearing our past <laughs> selves from 20 seconds ago. Let's see if this works better now. There we go. So yeah, you, you, like I was trying to be smooth there and slide the music in. Um, but I failed. So we're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna start taking us out here, guys, because we're coming up on the top of the hour, and I oh, want to. I can't believe that. that I went know. So quickly. I you know. I like covered her. I've got my nose. I told you she was fun, Nika. I told you this would happen. Yeah, I mean, oh my God. I feel like we can say still so much. I mean, marketing, but also like LSP marketing, and there's a lot like, that goes into marketing. Yeah. Are we, do we have to yeah. All right, I'm turning the music off. We'll, 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 let's have you back on, Lucy. Or better yes, yet, please. maybe <laughs> Nika Alaverdi needs to be invited to the Business of Creativity podcast. Well, maybe she does. And <laughs> I think, I think, I think you already are. Didn't you say that you, you already are? I don't know. But yes, I did invite her and she didn't get the message. <laughs> well, now she's committing to it online. Aren't you, Nika? Publicly hold, hold us, hold her to that. So I'm going to yes, start taking yes. us out here, though, guys. I want to try something we haven't done here for a while on the program, which is Tuck's takeaways from this. So what have we talked about today? Don't it. laugh. Don't laugh. Sorry. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Tuck's takeaways. Takeaway number one. Let's see what I wrote here. There are a lot of transferable skills when moving in and out of the localization space for B2B yeah. marketers. And this was a takeaway for me because, you know, that's, that's always fascinating to me. People coming in and out of the industry and what school, what skills are transferable and what, which ones aren't. Tuck's takeaway number yeah. two. Marketers, quote unquote, kinda have to be obsessed about your space, according to Nika. Yeah. I love this. Mm -hmm. Nika, I love this. Um, that's the, another way of saying that is you got you got to be passionate 
marketers got to be passionate. They got to be passionate driven yeah. people. And lastly, Tux takeaway number three, it is a constant game of asking, experimenting, and evolving. You have to be perceptive, but that's what makes marketing fun. Did I get that right, ladies? Yeah, I think that pretty much Any? sums it all up. Well, well, good. Well, I'll take us out of here, guys. Ladies, gentlemen, chat. It's time. It is time. I hope that you've enjoyed the Nimsy Live experience. Um, if not, well, I don't know. You get what you pay for, I guess. Uh, if you're not already signed up, make sure that you're signing up via LinkedIn. Make sure you're subscribing to Nimsy Insights. Heck, go over and subscribe to Multilingual Media while you're at it. Um, they put out a lot of good stuff, too. Um, once again and finally, my name is Tucker Johnson, host of Nimsy Live, and it has been my pleasure to join us all today. I appreciate our guest, Lucy. Who doesn't realize she's on camera again? <laughs> I appreciate our guest, Lucy. I appreciate my co-host, Nika Alaverdi. You're going to be seeing a lot more of her. And I appreciate everybody that contributes to industry research. I'm always a proponent of industry research in our industry. Everyone who that responds to NIMSI's surveys. And finally, I appreciate you, the audience, who are joining us live today. I appreciate all of the good conversation that's happening in chat over there. And... I look forward to seeing you next time. Cheers. Cheers.